Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The John Frickin' Meerpod is stoked to partner with Garage Grown Gear for Season 6 of the podcast. Garage Grown Gear, or GGG for short, is your online store for all things ultralight backpacking. Dedicated to supporting the growth of small and cottage brands, they've got everything you need all in one place. From ultralight accessories to dehydrated meals to your big three, Garage Grown Gear has everything you need to lighten your load. Based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, GGG is known for its commitment to providing quality ultralight gear, stellar customer service, and free shipping and returns over $40. Do yourself a favor and get your gear at GGG. You could be a billionaire and you couldn't pay to do the things we've done. Margareth Moth. Got to like welcome all the other hikers coming in to finish, like a bunch of my friends that I'd made. You know, you know, you make all the friends along the way. And uh, yeah. One of my friends did, she came in wheels, I will say, I do think this is a poignant moment. She came in and to the clearing, you know, and she sees the monument and she just starts kind of crying. And then she looks over at me and she's like, you're still here. And she runs over and gives me this huge hug and she's crying. And then I cried a little bit and I was like, okay, that's what I wanted. That's what I needed. Maybe I guess I just needed that little sense of like a, that com my hiker trash community love moment and I stayed for a little bit a little bit longer hung out joked around with the other hikers and then took off I'm Doc and this is Hiker Trash Radio Hey is this thing on? Hello? Hit it again I think it's on now <clears throat> Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio where each week Doc will drag some colorful characters out of the woods to talk trail and type 2 fun. If you're aspiring hiker trash, or if you're just looking to understand the hiker trash in your life, look no further. So lace up those boots, gnaw on some jerky, and settle into your 20-mile pace as we fire up the podcast from somewhere deep in the backcountry. It's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirtbags, hiker trash, and of course, good smelling day hikers. I'm Doc, and this is Hiker Trash Radio. Hey, if you like what we're doing here, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't like it, well, 
Just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right. This week, we are talking to Triple Crowner Miranda Pridgen, a thru-hiker with some serious credentials and who has been very busy these last four years. Welcome to Hiker Trash Radio, Miranda. How's it going? It's going awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And we need to set the scene for those folks who are just <laughs> listening in and don't actually see the, the visual here. So it, it's pretty dark where you are, and you seem to be outside. Yep, I'm just hanging out on the back porch, uh, enjoying the night air. You know, you're going to hear the bugs, maybe an occasional, occasional uh, mosquito swatting. You know, and as we Florida. talk, I, I was just going to say, if, if we're <laughs> talking about bugs. We have to tell them what kind of bugs and where you are. And you just mentioned you're in Florida, so oh they, yeah, they got some the pretty land. big bugs out there in Florida. Yep, the land of the mosquito. It's okay. We are one. Is that the state bird of Florida? I believe it is. I believe so. Gone to a few national parks, state parks around here. It seems to be the most prevalent animal in our area. Yeah, they carry they carry off small rodents. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? There's like a difference between like the mosquitoes that you find around those like alpine lakes. I think that they're worse than Florida mosquitoes just because they like come in force. They're tiny, they're fast, and they're just like clouds of them. You know, it's different than the Florida mosquito. Yeah, they, sw- they swarm you. They swarm yeah. you. And when you try to escape, you try to get into your tent. There's always the one or two that make it in there with you. Yeah, or the several. And then you have to do so much work in there. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you think, you think you've done it. And then about, you know, 2 a.m., you wake up with this little buzz in your ear. And you're like, oh, dang. There's, there's one. Uh, always. Always the survivor. Hey, Miranda, have you had a chance to pick up a trail name from your extensive hiking on the trail? Yep. Oh, this is perfect. Uh, my trail name is Boppet. Nope. Yep. <laughs> and it and does. We, it's all related. Yeah. We, we always love to hear the story behind the trail name. And because you said you said this is kind of a, a good segue, I'm assuming it has to do with bopping something. Yeah, it's true. Um my first through hike, I started the AT going Sobo. So it's black fly season. So every day, you know, I would get to camp and I would just have some new thing that I was like, I should have done this before I got on trail. One day it was, I should have played more bop it before I got on trail. So it'd be better at killing all these bugs and getting all my snacks out. And then it just, that's how trail names, how the trail names go, you know? That's right. And, and for our <laughs> listeners who may not be familiar with the game, what is bop it? Oh, yeah, this is like the second best game from like, I think what the 90s, maybe, whatever. It's like a, a hand eye coordination game, you know, you got to bop it, spin it, twist it, follow these directions super quickly. And I'm terrible at that game. I'm still not good at it. But, you know, I've gotten better at handling the bug situations on trail. Okay, and did I spell it correctly? I just changed your name on the screen. Uh, Yes, okay. that is <laughs> that is it. <laughs> I wasn't sure what the commonly accepted method of spelling bop it is, but I'm glad I I sounded it out. Uh I did use, I think I, it was two words at one point, but you know, we just simplified over time. That's right. The the lack of the space in between bop and it, I mean, that saves time. It really does. When you're out on trail. Efficiency. If you have to sign something, it's it's also better. Uh It's true. It is. Uh And it gets shortened by these like, uh, you know, kids and, some of the younger hikers will start calling me boppy or bop, you know, which is, it's cute. I'll take you're it. Okay with, you're okay with that? Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a cutesy one. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> it, it's, it's bop. It's not Bob, bop. 
No, they'll say bop or boppy, which I think it is kind of adorable. I kind of like boppy. I mean, that, that, that seems I know. To Thank you. I know. I'm thinking of moving in that direction. I, for a while there, I wanted to go with something like more rugged because I was like, hello, I am hiking a lot of miles per day. And then people are like, oh, bop it. You know, and I'm like, no, but I want to be called like rugged or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's just not me. It doesn't match your tough interior. <laughs> exactly. Something yeah. a little more reflective. Right. And speaking of tough interior, what does your shirt say? Oh, this is my, <laughs> nevertheless, she persisted. Yeah, I'm always trying to wear something like to inspire myself, even to bad, you know, got to set nice. that tone. <laughs> nice. All right. Do you sleep on the porch just to toughen yourself up? Well, you know, they joke about that a lot. They joke about it a lot because I do complain that I don't sleep very well indoors. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I sleep better in my tent at this point, but I do sleep indoors. I feel like I have to assimilate in some ways. Have you heard the story Mostly. of Norman Clyde? No. Norman Clyde, so. he, he was a, uh, a principal in Independence, just on the, the east side of the Sierras, little mountain town. And he got fired from his job for you know various reasons. But that freed him up to become a full-time explorer in the mountains. Lots of first ascents, lots of rescues, search and rescue. Uh -huh. Spent most of his life after being fired as principal being outdoors and sleeping outdoors and in fact in in his later years he had a little house um i'm not sure if it was in independence it was near independence he had a house but he would not sleep on his bed he couldn't sleep on his bed he would sleep <laughs> outside he'd sleep in his front yard basically uh-huh yeah i know i feel it <laughs> i mean i'm doing my best i have a couple of times just uh slept on my yoga mat in my bedroom i don't know i've just gotten i'm more accustomed to that style of sleeping, the beds are a little bit too, it's too soft for me. Yeah. And once we hear what you've been up to the last uh, four or five years, our <laughs> listeners are going to understand why you are accustomed to that. So yeah, we'll, we will get to that. Now, Boppy, uh, I just like saying <laughs> Boppy. Roadzone is going to love this. This is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Boppy, have you had a chance to uh, listen to the podcast before? Yeah, for sure. I've listened to a couple episodes. Okay, so I just want to make sure that you are familiar with a segment we have towards the end. Now, you, you've listened to probably season five. We, we've done a little bit of rebranding, a little bit of changing things up, and kind of go with some more um, clearly hiking-related naming of segments. And so what we used to call the pro tip inside of the week, we have changed that to the hiking hack, where you'll get a chance oh. to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. That comes towards the end of the episode. So once you be thinking about that, you are, of course, expected to be dropping hiking hacks throughout the episode, but you will be on the hook for that one when we get to it. <laughs> okay, I'll try to hold on to one like semi. I got one, I think. No matter how tempted you may be during the course of the episode to, to reveal that, you know, ex exhibit some self-restraint. I mean, I'll try to. I've been working on that for years, though, and uh, it's still a struggle. Yeah, the struggle <laughs> a little is bit. real. Yep. All right, here we go. Trailblazers Toolkit. That's right. It's time for the Trailblazers Toolkit, sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Six Moon Designs. I love to talk about gear on the podcast, and I love to hear about the most important item in my guest adventure gear. If you were preparing for your next adventure, Bobby, and I was the one providing you with all the gear, 
What is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? Give me all the specifics on that piece of gear and tell me why you've got to have it out there. This could be any type of gear. It could be gear, apparel, uh, or a luxury item. So, Boppy, what is that item in your toolkit? Okay. So, something in my pack, not my pack itself, right? I love my packs. I would just like to say that first of all. Second. You have free reign. You have free reign. If you if you want to specify the type of pack that you really really prefer, you've got to have out there. That's great. And if you want to throw in another item, that's that's also great. Oh, I can do bonus items. This is a that's mistake right. on your item. part. We 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 have a lot of flexibility <laughs> on on this podcast. I know the owner of the podcast. I know I know the creator. So you know, mm-hmm. got some free free license here. Okay, but I'm like super prone to tangents. So your mistake. All right. First of all, I do love my packs. I use like light, light AF packs. I think that they're just the most comfortable and I love them, but I feel like I should take this light, light AF. Yeah. Light AF packs. I love that. That's not pronounced F light. F. Uh, No, No, it's it's actually an acronym. Yeah. But um, I'm sure it's light as a feather, sir. Got it. Got mm -hmm. it. Thank you. Yeah. I have to like, whatever tell my students that sometimes because I'll tell them about my gear and then I'm like no <laughs> I would never say such a thing <laughs> anyway okay but I feel like I should take this opportunity to do like an ode to my pillow I once had the Cedar Summit pillow that I carried from my very first through hike and it was this big like green and gray pillow inflatable and I loved it you know, I got to the point where I could inflate it to like just the right amount to like cradle my neck without it being like an issue, you know, and that thing held on through all my hikes and it finally died like just before I finished the PCT. So like it was almost like a triple crown pillow and I truly loved it and did everything that I could to keep it going. Nice. Did you ever <laughs> try and do the the dual purpose? You know, everything has a has multiple a lot of things have a lot of multiple uses out on the trail. I know a lot of hikers say, you know what? I'm not carrying those extra two or three ounces. I'm going to just, I use a stuff sack and some, some clothes or a, yep. you know, put a, put a puffy in there. Did you try yep. that? I mean, that's what I do now. Once my pillow died, I released it, took, it took its last breath. And now I just use my clothes bag and it's fine. You no, know? bop it, bop it. That's not fine. <laughs> that is not fine. In fact, it in fact, is fine. But we are going to start a go. We're going to start a GoFundMe. We're going to start a GoFundMe right now to to raise money to buy no, another another pillow for bop it. <laughs> I can afford the pillow. I just don't. I'm like, listen. At this point, it's reached its natural end. I have moved beyond the need for a pillow. I can handle the f- just. I can handle my clothes bag. It's fine. It's only not fine when like I want to wear my puffy to sleep and then it's not as comfortable, <laughs> you know? There's nothing quite like drifting off to sleep with the smell of dirty socks mm-hmm. right next to your nose. I mean, that, that uh, really yeah. just it, that does the deal for me. Yep. Well, no, to be honest, I don't put my dirty socks in my clothes bag. I like throw them at the end of my tent. So my dirty socks are not in there. There's not a whole lot in the clothes bag. It's just like my puffy. It's a sad. (laughs) Sad. It is. But yeah, anyway, it would have been my pillow back in the day. I did everything to keep that thing alive. 
it was a whole saga. Now, how, what was its demise? Did it develop more leaks than could be fixed with duct tape? Yeah, what I think what finally happened was just like the maybe the glue around like the valve because the valve had already lost like the little piece that controlled, you know, when the air was supposed to come in or, in or out, but that was fine. And actually it was even better. <laughs> I was like, I love it even more now. <laughs> finally, it got to the point where like I could no longer, I had gear taped it as much as I could gear tape, you know, the tenacious tape is awesome. Um, And it just, I cut it. I cut a piece of the cloth off and kept it before I threw it away. (laughs) (laughs) You're a a sentimental soul, aren't you? That's great. I know. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) But yeah, whatever. I love that thing. So that was my pillow and it was amazing. And I would have taken it it anywhere had it survived. Your insistence on using a, a, a stuff sack now as your pillow instead of instead of another two or three ounces that leads me to believe that you are kind of an ultralight junkie is, is am i right or or is my base uh i don't know like i don't want to carry more than i need to carry but i like i don't know like the weights of everything in my pack i'm not one of those people like oh i got that because it's so many ounces i don't know that's like not why i got that because i heard from a bunch of hikers that that's a really good piece of gear it's within my price range and the weight was like acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm that kind of hiker. I don't okay. know if that works. So uh, do you carry a toothbrush or you just find a stick when you get to camp? <laughs> no way. Dental health is very important to me. I even have like little floss sticks. I'll get like new ones in every town. Okay. So you're not, you're not completely crazy. No, like I do. I try to take care of myself. Like I'm planning on being out there for months at a time. I don't want to get off because I, I get like a, whatever a cavity or some sort of like dental problem on trail you gotta be preventative that's right do you know how many cavities take hikers off the trail every year (laughs) well things happen people get toothaches can you imagine being in the middle of the wilderness with like a horrible toothache and like you don't have enough ibuprofen and i don't know things are hard enough like why allow something like that to become a problem you make it as hard as possible. You want to embrace this. <laughs> Lean into it. Lean into it. Yep. I am into it. Suffer well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Speaking of crazy. It's the hiking pole. Oh, yeah. The hiking pole. And I like to point out that pole is spelled P-O-L-L, like a survey, not mm-hmm. like the thing you carry in your hands out there. And I tell my all of my guests this. Mm-hmm because I think I'm pretty darn clever coming up with that. And they all have the same reaction as you. Just mm-hmm. you know, nothing. So yep. <laughs> this is a, this is a seven, seven question survey. That's going to help uh-huh. me assign you a score on the sanity scale with okay. one being completely insane and 100 being completely sane. Now I have to let you know that there's an automatic 30 point deduction for anybody who has uh, become a triple crowner. So your your total your your highest score possible would be a seventy. Mm-hmm. Okay. You think that's fair. You think that's fair? I mean, that's yeah, that's probably like pretty legitimate. I was just thinking of other like other triple crowners right now, and I was like, maybe it should be more of a deduction, but whatever. <laughs> so and it depends on whose perspective you're looking at. Let's let's from. stay with that for a second. Let's talk about <laughs> other triple crowners you know. In comparing yourself to other triple crowners um, that you, that you're familiar with, you think you're mm-hmm. less crazy or more crazy than them? 
Well, it depends on the triple crowner. <laughs> I mean, it really does depend. You know, I think like once you get in it and like you, I mean, and you're, you get in it to the point where like you are pursuing these, like all three big trails, like you're dedicated. So yeah, I'm a little but, more crazy than some and less crazy than others. I'd right. say I'm are like midways. Crazier or less crazy than Jeff Carmeyer? Oh, probably less crazy. I would agree. They're, they're not yeah. can beat him on the crazy scale. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Less crazy or more crazy than Quadzilla? Oh, I'm less crazy than him. I didn't. I wouldn't go for a calendar year triple crown. I don't think that's snow hiking he was doing last year. I was like, no thanks. Get some snowshoes, buddy. This is ridiculous. Nuts. <laughs> less crazy or more crazy than a Barkley marathoner? <gasps> oh man, I love those people. Like I, I am not a runner. But like, I want to go so bad. I was trying to get my old partner. I was like, listen, I'll help you write your paper. Like, I just want to go and meet all the people. So I'm less crazy, but like, I am fully supportive of them. Did you say that you would pay her? Uh, is it her or him? Him. Yeah. My and last hiking you, partner. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say that you would, you would pay for his entry fee? <laughs> yeah. I was like, like whatever a, they need. Like, what is like, it? Like a dollar and a dollar cigarette 20, or something. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm Mark. like, here, I'll support you in any way possible. Let's do this. I'm not a runner, but I support all the things. Yeah. Before we get to the hiking pole, just point out that uh, we did have three finishers on the Berkeley Marathon this past, uh, was it April, March, March, April? Really? Yeah. Three finishers. And two of the three finishers came on the podcast. I interviewed oh, them. That's awesome. I know. Yeah. I saw that you had one on here, but I, I haven't listened yet. Yeah. That's yeah, take, really take cool. Listen. It was it was co-hosted by Jeff Garmeyer. So we we did the hosting and talked to uh, John Kelly and Aurelian Sanchez. Fantastic. Really, you know, finding about finding out about life on Loop 5. I mean, these are some different dudes. It was it was crazy. Yeah, it has to be so weird. I'm like I'm super into these like ultra marathon people. Like I just like hearing the way they think about things, how they move through all those like really difficult situations. That's awesome. Next level. Yeah. All right. Back, back to the hiking pole. Seven questions. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's all related to hiking one way or another. And I want to get your opinion on you know which side of the, the fence you fall on with each of these issues. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. First question. Pretty easy question. Standard. Trekking poles or no trekking poles? Trekking poles. And it's also good to give a little explanation just so, you know, to <laughs> I was like, oh, and- I thought we were rapid firing because I went on such a tangent last time. I was ready to focus. <laughs> Try to keep okay. you short. No, no, no. Uh, I want to hear your explanation. Why, why trekking poles? Well, I mean, there are lots of reasons for trekking poles. Well, one, because that's my shelter now. I have a duplex, so I need the trekking poles essential. But I mean, also, they're fun. You know, you can twirl them, you can flip them around, like for entertainment purposes. Excellent. Also, like, what if you need a weapon to defend yourself against coyote, mountain lion, grizzly bear? There's so many things. Uh, and balance, of course. I mean, sometimes I'm just like dragging myself up a mountain with those things or going down a mountain. I really like, uh, I kind of like, run down it but i use my poles to sort of like push me off a thing so that i keep going in the right direction i mean i really i'm a big fan that's great poles. 
Bop it, bop it. Do you know how many people I've talked to and had them go through the 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 hiking pole? This is season six. We're in season six right now. Fifty episodes per season. I've talked to you know easily two hundred fifty plus people, and nobody yet has given the reason for for trekking poles. Yes, on trekking poles because they're fun. You're, this is the first. You're, you you have really you're you're one of a kind. It's true though. I mean, really, have you tried to baton twirl your truck like road walks? what are you going to do? You can only talk to so many cows, <laughs> you know, the trekking pole. It's a perfect way to, you know, you're keeping your hands from getting, you know, all swollen too. There's all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Um, also um, in terms of trail names, I'm all, I use that same philosophy for the name of the episode. I'm always on the lookout for fun, interesting things that come up during the talk to name the episode. And I mm-hmm. usually I have to wait until the second half of the interview to get to the, the trail name oh, of no. the episode. I've already uh-huh. found it. Fun oh. with trekking poles. <laughs> Dash, Triple Crowner, Miranda Pridgen. Well, I'm glad Fun that I could help people to see that kind of thing, you know? That might make somebody's whole... You could be in the midst of a terrible road walk and realize that you have a gift for baton twirling those poles. And my goodness, it's going to change everything. As she waves at a mosquito. I think it was a beetle, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you twirl them, I mean, do you throw them like, you know, you know the, 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 the drum major at a, you know, a band, you get it way up there at 30, 40 yards in the air. I mean, way down. It- in my mind, that's what's happening. But in reality, I'm really just trying to like twirl both of them simultaneously as I walk down the road for like sometimes, you know, just to that next light pole or whatever the specified thing is that is my goal. But I've seen some hikers do like way more fun things. I had one friend who was able to like balance, who was able to balance one pole in the handle of his other pole and then it got even cooler because then he started flipping it up and then just like knocking it back and forth. I'm sure there's like some sort of game that the kids play these days like that, but it was awesome. Yeah. I've seen those like juggling sticks. Yeah. I I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. It's a thing. Wow. You've (laughs) opened up all kinds of possibilities for the hiking community out there. I'm sure not a whole lot of people are aware of this and look at you. Nice. I'm here to help. Yep. You are. Run okay. those perspectives. <laughs> Question number two, what's on your feet, boots or trail runners? Trail runners. Yep. I wear the ultra lone peaks. I have huge feet. I wear an 11 in regular life, but I buy a 12 in women's, you know, because your feet swell and they slide around and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. I love those shoes. I know some people it's like a love hate thing, but I'm in it. So I just keep getting those same ones. Bob, you are so lucky. You are so Why? lucky we discovered the trail name of the episode before you went to that. It, it, it was going to be Bigfoot. It, it, it could have been Huge Feet with Miranda Pridgen. Yeah, I do have, I have Huge, huge feet. feet. My mama said I'm well-grounded. <laughs> yeah, that's right. More, yeah, lots of traction, more contact with the uh-huh. ground. I mean, There's you all are kinds steady, of things. steady out there. Uh-huh. Cover nice. a lot of ground. I've heard that one, too. There's lots of stuff. <laughs> okay. How tall are you? I'm five, seven and three quarters, three and three quarters. Okay. Mm-hmm. I decided three, recently to own my three quarters. <laughs> you sure it's three quarters and not, not seven eighths or five eighths. Well, who knows? You know, they're not like super accurate at those places. Yeah. 
All right. I already know the question. The answer to question number three, and that is in terms of your shelter system, are you tent, tarp, hammock, bivy, or cowboy camping? Ooh, I mean, tent or cowboy camping. Do I have to choose one? My favorite. You do. Okay. Well, I like most to cowboy camp, but there are some situations where you just can't do that. Is there a lot of cowboy camping in Florida? No, I, I don't think I cowboy camped at all. Maybe one night I did, but that's just because I was like tired and there was no way it was going to rain. I didn't think. Also, I think it's pretty important to keep that thin sheet of fabric between you and the alligator. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Right. Like, you, you know, tents, they're like alligator proof, they're panther proof, they're bear proof. There's whatever that was in the woods that one night proof, like <laughs> all those things. Yeah, just. You just zip in there and they can't get you. That's right. You're safe. Yep. You're, you're good to go. It's okay. true. What well, you mentioned you mentioned to use your, your trekking poles for, for your tent. What kind of tent again? Oh, I have a um Z Pax duplex. Very nice. Yeah. What, what like is your it. what is your base weight? I honestly don't know what it is right now. I think when I started um the Florida Trail most recently, I think it was probably like nine or 10 pounds probably well you may have a toothbrush but i think it's got uh half a handle or holes and holes drilled through it if, if you're a, if you're i mean i just don't i don't carry a whole lot of stuff anymore you know what i mean like i've just like really pared it down over time there's just not much in there as my mom said <laughs> she said miranda there's just not much in there i do not understand how you live out of that i was like i know it's I just, was going to ask if she was talking about your, your bag or if she was talking about, you know, between your ears. No way. She would never. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely in my bag. All right. Uh, when it comes to sleeping, do you have a sleeping bag or a quilt? Uh, I have a quilt. Of course you do. It, yep. Enlightened equipment. Um, I have like a 10 degree bag and I also have a four well quilt and I have a 40 degree one, but I mostly just carry the 10 these days. It's they've lost a, it's probably lost a lot of feathers by now anyway. So I don't think it's really that hot, but just logistically, it's been easier to have something that will keep me alive in all conditions. Okay. Now question number five, I'm a little concerned. I'm concerned to even ask this of you when it comes to food out there. Stove, cold soak, or stoveless? Uh, I'm a cold soaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hang on, mm-hmm. I need, I need, I need to make a significant notation here. Yep. Okay. Yep. I started tell out us, with the stove. Tell us about cold soaking. <laughs> I mean, mostly I'm just eating ramen noodles. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I'm just cold soaking my ramen every night. Mostly, I eat a lot of just peanut butter protein bars you know cold soak that ramen and i uh have a little bit of peanut butter with it <laughs> you, you need bases. a hot meal you don't need a hot meal at the end of the day no i don't need it i mean is it nice like yeah that's nice but like would i i wouldn't trade that for like for the effort of having to make sure i have enough fuel while i'm on trail if i have fuel like that i want to like sit and drink some hot coffee in the morning. And that's just not how I roll anymore. You know, I make my coffee the night before I get up, I pack up and I start walking. I like walking through sunrise. Okay. 
Question number six, <laughs> is life better above or below the tree line? Um, I don't know. I kind of like being in the forest, to be honest. You know, get up to the top, look around. It's real nice. But I prefer the experience itself, you know, rather than just the views. Right. All right. And last <laughs> question. Last question. What's more important, pack weight or luxury items? Uh, pack weight. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Not surprised. All right. Let me do some math here. Stand by. Got to mm-hmm. take your answers, running them through the John Freaky Mirpod algorithm. Uh, see what we come up with. I've got to, uh, I got to carry the two. We're going to divide by root five, multiply that by pi. And we're going to adjust for the number of mosquito bites you're going to have by the end of this podcast. Uh-huh. And I come up with a, a very interesting score of 37. 37? 37. Whoa, that's like way lower than I thought. It, what was uh, John? What's it? What was what was Legends? Legend? I, I'm going to say he was like 30, 34. You're just oh. above. You're just above Legend. Okay, I just needed like a scale. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was going to be like around like fifty or something. Is it the cold soaking? Is that what it was? Huge deduction on cold soaking. Yeah, that's right. I just, I really, I don't get it anymore. Like I, I started out with a jet boil, you know, I cooked my dinner every night. I was much more like thoughtful in my meal preparation, but once I gave up my stove, I was like, Oh, this is the good life. It's so hey, much it, more Bop simple. It, I, I don't want you to feel like you need to explain this. I don't need you to feel guilty <laughs> about you know your score. Don't you feel bad about yourself? You know, em, again, at embrace all. it and just <laughs> lean into it. Get yourself yeah. a cap. Get yourself a ball cap with uh, 37 uh-huh. stenciled on it. I mean, you know, own yeah. it. I'm into it. Okay. 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 All right. Hey, Bob, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. Tell us about your background, where you grew up, what kinds of sports and hobbies did you, did you play in high school, and how'd you get involved in the through hiking cult? Um, I'm from Florida. I'm from Central Florida, the Polk County, Winter Haven area. I, uh, yeah, I didn't play any sports in high school, like no organized. I didn't play any kind of like organized sports growing up. You know, I was pretty outdoorsy. I'm one of four kids. So like it was either you were outside playing or you're inside cleaning. So I spent a lot of time outside climbing trees, riding bikes, playing stuff over across the street on the playground, you know. And uh, just as I got older, you know, I continued with like car camping and doing little trips on rivers and stuff. Started doing some overnights on the Florida Trail. Did an overnight in the Shenandoahs. And then just from there, kept on going. Wait, how far into this do you want to go? <laughs> we'll get to some of your adventures in a sec. But I have a couple couple follow-up questions. One is you have four, you have three siblings. You're one of four, right? Yes. I'm always curious to know when I have someone with such a, a hiking resume as yourself, what about your other three siblings? Did they also get involved in, in through hiking? No, <laughs> no. My older sister, she really likes hiking like day hikes. You know, she'll go out. She lives actually um, in San Diego. So she goes out all the time and hikes around the PCT area, but she's not like an overnight kind of girl. My little brother, he did come out and meet me on my first trail um, for a week on the AT. And he did some overnights with me on the Florida Trail, you know, and he liked it, but like didn't like it enough to to do that. 
<laughs> and my younger sister. She, I'm sure she could do it. She's tough, but she's not into it either. I am always fascinated by kids that grow up in the same household, have the same basic experiences, and they take different directions, or one takes a very different direction. Yeah. Why, why do you think it is that you, of the four, ended up being a thru-hiker? Well, I mean, like, it's different circumstances too you know like they they each have kids you know I have a I have like a bit I have a bit more freedom in that too in that idea right there you know if I want to go and pursue some goal that you know means I'm going to be a little bit unstable for a little while I can do that where you know you can't do that if you have children well Bobby they didn't always have part of it (laughs) that's true I don't know they're just not into it I like this kind of thing I enjoy the struggle and you have to like the struggle a lot. <laughs> you you kind of made an, an, an illusion that you're the unstable one of the four. Is that, is that a fair statement? No, probably not. I mean, I was an elementary school teacher for like 13 years. I'm like pretty like, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of I'm like an elementary school teacher, you know, <laughs> I have that sort of personality, but uh, no, we're all pretty, we're all a little bit wild in our own ways too, you know? And we have airboats and all that my, stuff. My daughter-in-law is not an elementary school teacher, but she has the, I would say, the personality of one. Her, her trail name is Camp Director. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when did you first become aware of one of the American long trails? I'm always interested to find out, you know, when you, you realize that there was a trail that went from all the way from Georgia to Maine and you could you could walk that path or all the way from from Mexico to Canada. Um, I think I knew about the Appalachian Trail, like I heard about it when I was a kid, like probably, you know, from the time to like nine to 12, we would take family trips up to Georgia, go to different places around there and go camping for the weekends and stuff. So I think I do remember being at the NOC one time and just seeing some hikers and, you know, just asking my dad, like, what was that? <laughs> what, what was happening there? But I still I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go do that one day. I just saw these people and was like, oh, I didn't realize people did that here. It's a thing. And when did you realize that you wanted to do the AT and then eventually become a triple crowner? Man, uh, it was like 2018. I decided that I was going to do it. Well, that I was going to quit my job. Like that was a big deal. You know, I'd been a teacher for 13 years. Like, you know, you were a principal, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, you're in a community, you know, you have your teacher friends, you know, they're like, your. I, I don't know. It is, it's like a strong community network. So it was hard when I decided that I was going to quit my job. I thought about like, Oh, I'll, I'll take a sabbatical or something. I'll come back to teaching after I just take this one month, once this once in a lifetime adventure. And uh, yeah, that's not how it worked out. <laughs> I left in 2019 and I did sort of, while I was on trail, I just kind of looked back at like my role in the classroom and how I wanted that to continue going and how education was going. It was just like a whole perspective shift for me. And I decided to step back from it. And what was the, what was the reaction of your parents? <laughs> um, 
it was like sort of a mixed thing. It was a mixed thing. You know, like at the beginning, my mom was so worried, you know, oh, no, baby, you're not going out there by yourself. Are you kidding me? Oh, like, are you taking a gun? It was all the things, you know, and I'm like, no, mom. And then, you know, once I completed it, 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 she cheered me on, you know, once I was, you know, I showed her enough evidence that, you know, I wasn't going to die probably. And she felt like she could come and rescue me if needed. Uh, Yeah. And then she was like totally on board with the continuation of the hiking. There was a little bit more pause, you know, they're just worried about their baby and, uh, but they still support it. Now they're like, we know that you're going to do whatever you put your mind towards, they would rather that I was somewhere that they felt was safer, but they still like that I'm doing what I, what I feel passionate about. That's great to have, have that kind of family support. <laughs> now we, we've established that you were an elementary teacher for, for 13 years. What are you currently yeah. doing to pay the bills and finance your adventures? Uh, right now I'm just substitute teaching and doing like little odd, uh, the little like side hustles, like DoorDash and like grocery shopping for people and um, whatever, just all of those little smaller avenues of bringing in the funds, stashing and, my money away. And those funds are used for your, your uh, adventures on the trail, correct? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've gotten pretty good at just coming back to, coming back to the home base and just working and saving and not doing much else to, to spend money. Yeah. Some people are in a nine to five for 30 years working for retirement mm-hmm. and uh, you are working uh, to finance the next adventure. Yeah. Well, I figure, I mean, I've talked to a lot of older people about this. I get along well with small children and very much older people. And I have a lot of good conversations with both groups, but I mean, I want to be able to have the adventures that I want to have the way I want to have them. And I'm not going to be able to do that when I'm 65, 70, you know, it's just not going to happen. We are aging. So I'm taking advantage of it now and I will work as I get older. I don't know. We'll figure it out as I go, but I have faith in the process. I think. Nice. Well, speaking of paying the bills, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from the advertisers, hear from the sponsors. We're going to come back after the break, and we're going to hear about some adventures uh, over the last four or five years. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. 
Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Through hiker owned, Jolly Gear, where fun meets functional. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. And welcome back. We are talking to Bop It or Bop or my favorite, Boppy, <laughs> about her time oh, no. on, her, on the trails. Now, how many how many miles do you have under your trail runners over the last, uh, what, four years? I don't. I am honestly not positive. It's got to be like 14,000 14, maybe, 15. I don't know. I honestly have never sat down and just like added them all up. I thought about it earlier too. And then I was like, eh, <laughs> it's a pretty impressive resume. I mean, you, you've got a lot of, of, uh, wear on those treads, uh, judging from the, the trails you've been on. So let's talk about the, the 2019 AT hike and you went Southbound. Yeah. Yep. Worked out with the, just the timing of when school got out really. And I figured it would be better to do like the harder stuff first. <laughs> and is that how it worked out that it was harder at first? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and I still kind of think that that is a pretty good move <clears throat> just because like you're giving yourself more grace in the beginning, you know, like you're not expecting yourself to be able to do bigger days or whatever, where when you're going northbound and by the time you get to New Hampshire and Maine, like you're already doing like these days that you feel pretty good about. And now you're in this more challenging terrain and you're not being able to do as many miles. And for me, that's frustrating. So. I think going Sobo the first time was a good move. Now, leading up to that 2019 hike, did you do any smaller hikes, uh, test out the equipment, get kind of get your legs under you, uh, test everything out? Or was was the the AT softball, was that your, you know, kind of jumped into it with two big feet? <laughs> See what you did there. Um, I, I went out on the Florida trail and I did like a couple overnights just to like, whatever, like practice being out there by myself in the woods, you know, see how I'd sleep, dig my first cat hole. Mm. There was all all kinds of things that I felt like I should practice. (laughs) We all remember our first cat hole, don't we? (laughs) I mean, it was a serious deal. Like that might've been like the thing I was most nervous about for my first hike. (laughs) You know, I I think that's probably a, a common feeling. I mean, people are like, okay, I'm going to be pooping out there. How, how does that work? And there's a lot of, uh, you know, monkeying around with that in your head leading up to it actually happening. And then after, you know, the first couple of times you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this whole poo poo fear. I wrote this whole, like, uh, like Dr. Seuss style story about like, Oh, the places you'll poo like to help me to like work through the whole situation. I would send pictures of like, uh, 
I all I thought it was funny too because I had a roommate and I would take a picture of like where I was going to use the bathroom before I dug my cat hole and all of the stuff that I would send her the picture of like my view and I was like oh here's my poo with the view and then we started writing this whole thing about dropping a deuce under a spruce and it's pretty funny in my opinion I still read it every now and then and giggle at how nervous I was about that you have to share some of that with me that's awesome <laughs> maybe i will i have to find it but yeah it's it's pretty funny i mean there's a whole instagram account out there that is devoted to different uh, outhouses and um pit toilets out there in in the, in the woods i still remember my favorite my favorite uh my favorite outhouse on the at was i'm no i'm saying it wrong but i could spell it for you it was like potawajo number two and there was like the new outhouse and then there was the old outhouse beside it and i felt like they even left the old one there's like a contrast so you could look at like how amazing this one was and it smelled good inside and it was lovely you know and, and how awesome is it that it's named number two i know i know and like what is P-O-T-Y-W-A-D-J-O. I don't know. Sounds like potty way Joe to me. I was like potty. Wad Joe. I don't know. I go with that. I trust you on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now you did this solo. You you started off by yourself at the Northern terminus of the AT and said, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk to Georgia. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, I figured I would meet people out there and like, who else was I going to get to, take off like four to six months of their life and come out and walk across the country with me. And like that's what I was looking for at the time. Like I wanted to like, um, I had just gotten through a divorce. So I like wanted to like reassert my like sense of independence and really like have this once in a lifetime adventure on my own terms. So I, I wanted that, it to be that way. Sometimes I ask questions that are, I have no business asking, but I ask them anyway. And tell me, tell me it's, it's none of my business, but do you think the divorce um, kind of jumpstarted this whole idea? I know a lot of people out there are working on, on things uh, of various types and, you know, just hearing you say that and try, trying to assert your own independence. I mean, did, was that, that, that factor into it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, most people that are on trail are going through some sort of like big life transition. You know, a lot of times like I am in the minority for like age range of women. There aren't a whole lot of like 40 year old ladies out on the trail. But, you know, there are a lot of kids that are like just graduating from college or they just got out of grad school or a lot of dudes that, um, you know, they're they've retired or, you know, maybe somebody's just lost someone important to them in their lives. You know, there's just a lot of people going through some sort of transition on trail. And it is a really it's like nature therapy, you know. Right. And I've, I've talked to a number of women through hikers on this podcast, and we've talked about things that women think about and have to take into consideration that normally guys don't think about. And did you have any concerns or trepidation? uh, upon starting this, this hike? My first hike. Yeah. I mean, I was, well, I mean, always, you know, you always have to be like aware of your surroundings and like, I get it. Like I'm a solo female out there on trail and I'm going to be hitchhiking and they're going to be like questionable situations. Like, yeah, I was aware of the situations. I thought about what things I had within my control to 
be prepared to face like whatever was going to happen. You know, if I like when I first started hitchhiking, as I approached the car, I would take a picture of their driver's license. I have like the location thing on my phone. I might like just text the driver's license to my brother right away. I kept my phone in my lap while we were driving. I would keep my map up. I mean, there are a lot of safety things that I was doing just to make sure that I knew that this person was taking with me where they said they were going to take me. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I, I still kind of do that, though. <laughs> Did you do a deep dive on research on me before you agreed to do the podcast? No. Oh, took a chance. Got it. No, but I saw a lot of my friends had had already talked with you. So I was like, oh, he's probably cool. I mean, yeah, Shep, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to do anything sketchy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one of my favorite stories is Scrapbook. He was uh, triple crowner by the time he was 21. He was planning during his senior year of high school how to do the PCT, got his mom to drop him off at the Mexican border, age 18. And um, she made him promise that if he ever hitched, that he would take a picture of the license plate and uh, text it to her. Uh-huh. So he did his first hitch and he forgot. And he made the person stop and say, I, I promised my mom I would do this. And he went back behind the car and took a picture of that. <laughs> cute. Very cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, you gotta love a good hitch, man. I was, I was on the floor on the Florida trail recently. And the, I came back and did like a victory lap with um, this really cool tramley. And we were making up a, like a hitchhikers or a hikers bingo for hitching. I mean, it's, it's funny, the different experiences you can have just trying to get to town to get more snacks. (laughs) Well, tell us about some of those. What, What are some of the funny experiences? Oh, I mean, uh, just like sometimes you're just having like a heartfelt conversation with a complete stranger about something that, I mean, I've had people tell me all kinds of things, you know, like very deeply personal things or like very touching things, but I've also had really fun hitches. I got a hitch on a motorcycle. Hello, like best hitch ever, in my opinion. And I've been trying for that thing for so long. It was like my triple crown hiking hitch crowning jewel thing and i like made friends with the motorcycle guy and we talk all the time so it like worked out i had this really nice lady pick me up on the pct lady nigel butterfly her car was this it was just incredible (laughs) i mean it was like it was like getting into this otherworldly situation they were just i can't really explain it i can send you a picture later though it it was beautiful and vibrant and just little knickknacks and the Virginia turd bird little statue on the, on the dashboard. It was incredible. You know, lady, Nigel butterfly, lady, Nigel butterfly. She was delightful. We need to have pictures of that. Oh, I have them. Yeah. Just really nice people. Incredible. Little chances to have this like micro conversation with a stranger. Micro conversations. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it is like, you're not going to get to know everything, but yeah. Moment to share exchange, keep moving. Now, how much did you know about trail culture before starting the AT? I really didn't know anything at all. I wasn't like big on the social media, following all the hikers. And, you know, I think I, I watched like some YouTube videos, but not like I, I didn't really know the culture. So doing that AT first, that's a good way to get fully immersed. 
So going on, going at it alone, did you just, did you have a feeling, a sense that, you know, the trail community would take care of you or a hope that that, that would happen or, uh, and what were your expectations going in? I mean, I knew that I was going to meet people along the way. I figured I would make friends. I'd probably camp with some people here and there. But I mean, my expectation was that I was going to go out and I mean, I was going to take care of myself on this wilderness adventure. You know, I mean, I knew that I would stay at hostels and I knew people all up along the coast that I planned to go and visit along the way. So I wasn't I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect, but I knew that it was going to be interesting and I was open to whatever was going to happen. Okay. Do you, do you have a favorite story you like to tell from that first hike? Something that might fit, fit into the uh, type two fun category. Oh, um, I mean, I don't know. There's so many different things that happened on that first hike. I was out there for six months. <laughs> I really like stayed on the AT a long time. It was great. I did all the things, went into DC, New York, whatever. Um, I guess I did. I did take a snow day in the Smokies. We got, we were hiking into the Smokies. It was snowing. It was freezing. You know, it's like melting. I'm from Florida. I've never experienced this type of thing in my life. (laughs) And I, uh, I was with my friend kid. We were hiking together at that point. And I went to like, you know, stop to take a pee break and I couldn't use my hands. Like they would not obey my commands, you know? And I'm like, I have to pee. I need you guys to like, so we can take the hip belt off. And I don't want to pee myself out here. It was a real moment of terror, but I was able to like figure out a way to get the hip belt off and kid and I, we, whatever, we, we figured it out. And then we decided that we would take a snow day the next day and just stay in the shelter. And, uh, we did, it was great. I had some back to the future downloaded. We strapped it to the ceiling and we just all huddled in our quilts and watched back to the future together. There was a skunk in the shelter with us, an Eastern spotted skunk. I don't know if you know what this looks like, but it doesn't look like a skunk. It has like little, it looked like a it looked like a ferret to me with like cool coloring. So anyway, we weren't like scared of it at first. We weren't scared of it at all, but we weren't scared of it in the skunk sense. And, and was there a skunk type episode? No, it never sprayed us. It okay. ran all over us all night long. Like I woke up in the middle of the night because it was on my, it was on my butt. Like I was sleeping on my stomach and I woke up like, Hey, <laughs> and some other hiker was like, don't scare it. Then that was the first encounter with it. And then it spent the entire snow day with us the next day. Wow. So wow. It was fun though. You know, that's exciting. And thank you for not spraying us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you got to Springer to mm-hmm. take us through uh, the, the feelings, the thoughts as you were ending your, your trip, you know, you're coming off of the divorce, you're asserting your independence You've been six months out there. The, the hike is finally coming to an end. What's going through you? Um, honestly, I was just like, oh, no, it's over. <laughs> like, I wasn't ready for it to be over still. And it was kind of anticlimactic at Springer. You know, it was like. Yeah, I wasn't ready for the adventure to be over yet. And it, it just wasn't. Uh, 
I was, I was glad to be there. I felt proud of myself for completing this thing that I put out as my goal, but I still was like, hmm, I could go farther. <laughs> I mean, it was cold though. I don't love like the cold hiking as much. So, and yeah, it was you, raining. You said that, you know, earlier you said that this was going to be a chance for, to get you, get out of your system, have this grand adventure, and then you, you get back to the world of work. And obviously that didn't happen. You, you have been out on the trail a lot more since then. 2020 mm-hmm. saw you on do, doing half of the PCT, doing half mm-hmm. of the Arizona trail. Did, was it planned that way or did, were there events that took you off the trail? Oh, just events that took me off. Like the PCT, the fires got so bad that year that um, I had made it down to, I was at Sonora Pass and it was just thick. The smoke was super thick and they ended up closing the parks. So from there, went to the Arizona Trail thinking, okay, we can hike this. But um, it was early September and it was just crazy hot. And as a Floridian, I'm like, where's the water? People just decided to live in the desert like this. It's crazy. I mean, it's incredible. It's beautiful. It has its own challenges. But yeah, it was like way too early in the season to be out there. Okay. And then in 2021, you did the CDT, the Continental Divide Trail. Yep. And you also did that southbound. Yes. Well, I did the ECT first in 2021. So we went from Key West, Florida and hiked all the way up to Katahdin, like doing all the connectors. And then, you know, you're supposed to go into Canada, (laughs) but Canada was still closed when we got to Katahdin. So like, again, it's like an unfinished trail and it was still, it was like a, it was like a Starbucks after hours. The, the, the doors were just locked. It was closed. Yeah. I mean, Canada was closed, man. It was like, Nope, can't come in. Sorry. COVID things. And I'm like, uh, so whatever. I had some friends that were getting on the CDT, my buddy, fresh ground, who's a trail angel on the AT. He was gonna, he was hoping to go out and some, to support some hikers on the CDT, my friend Gail, a few other girls that like, I was kind of excited to hike with. So, um, decided that right after the AT take a train over to the CDT and go southbound. Fresh ground. So does, he have, does he have an Instagram? Does he have an Instagram, uh, account where he does yes. all of his trail angeling, you know, in <laughs> pictures. I have reached out to him before to come on and, and talk about trail angeling. Haven't heard anything back from him. You've really? Got I'm... In, you've got to put in a good word for me. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. But well, I don't know if he would want to do like a, long talk, but he is hilarious. Yeah. He ended up, I met him actually. So my first hike AT going Sobo heard from some other hikers that this guy fresh ground was looking for us. So kid and I, and we're like, who is fresh ground? As I said, I didn't know a lot about the hiker community at that point. So whatever he met us at a Fontana dam or no, it was a little bit, it was a little bit South of there. Tele teleco teleco gap maybe i don't know he met us somewhere around there and it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life to just come walking out of the woods it's freezing (laughs) and he's just sitting there with this van and there's a like a 
there was like a fire going. He had a table set up. He was making vegetable soup and grilled cheeses. And as soon as I got there, he was like, oh, you look cold. You need some coffee. And he just started giving me all the food. And I sat in the van where it was warm and there were other hikers. And I was just elated. It was incredible. So when I knew he was going on the CDT, I was like even more excited because I thought like, okay, this is going to be awesome. I love Freshy. And it would just be like a fun supported hike in a different style. So yeah, that was a good year though. Hiked all the way from January till the end of October. That's a lot of miles, a lot of miles, a lot of time out there on the trail. Yeah. It was rad. And <laughs> tell, tell me about your impressions. What are, what are your thoughts on the CDT compared to the AT? Very different experience. Oh yeah. Incredibly different. Um, the CDT is just so rugged there's so many options too, you know, I, I really liked the choose your own adventure style of it. You know, there's all these different routes that you can take. And I like, I mean, I really enjoyed it. It was a little bit more nerve wracking than having, you know, my gut hook in my hand and I know where the next water source is and what my buddy said about it a day ago, <laughs> you know, like there's like so much reassurance in that. And then going out on the CDT and, you know, having all these different map sources downloaded and trying to, you know, look at a Google satellite image of an area and determine if like, okay, do you think that is a river? Or do you think that river is still flowing? Or, you know, it was, it was exciting and stressful. Just like elementary classrooms. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I do kind of thrive in the chaos. <laughs> I like managing it all. <laughs> now, did you have a favorite part of the CDT? Did you prefer kind of like the Wind River area or? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, or, no, nobody ever says that New Mexico is their favorite part of the CDT. Yeah, no, no. Of course, the winds, they're incredible. I mean, that's just like a magical area. Like it's difficult and rugged. I mean, I thought like the Bob was really cool too. Glacier. I mean, all of the northern states, I think, are always like more magnificent in landscape really but they're also like the more dangerous and the harder bits so there's always a give and take balance okay and now with the with the at and the cdt under your belt of course you've got it you've got to do the pct the full pct to check that off the list right i mean you, are there people out there that have done two of the three and just have no interest in doing the third one i, I that, that's a really i don't think thing. so right like what did they say it's like either one and done or you do all three i don't know there's like a clever phrase that i'm not remembering correctly but yeah yeah me either we're not clever enough for that but <laughs> we make up for it in other ways uh-huh <laughs> and so sandwiched in between uh the, the pct is sandwiched in between two ft uh florida trail hikes one northbound and one southbound in in 2022 and 23 your, your home trail the florida yeah trail. yep you did, yep you did it northbound in 2022 i did it right well i did it northbound in 2022 yeah yeah and i did it northbound so i did it in 21 northbound 22 northbound but starting at ocean to lake that's right yeah so did like that like 60 mile extension which was really cool more people should do that hike they were talking about making that like an alternate start point for the Florida trail, which I support the beach to beach, baby. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Now, the Florida trail, very different than the Northern section of the CDT. 
Oh yeah. Not Wildly a lot of different. not a, not not a lot of elevation on the Florida Trail. No, but it has its own challenges. Flat walking is hard. It is, I think it's harder than walking up mountains in a lot of ways because you're just engaging the same muscle groups with the same activity and the same impact over and over and over. And I honestly, I've had the most pain on the Florida trail, on my Florida trail hikes. Really? That is surprising. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think so. Like, I mean, I got, I've, I think I've felt like very tired when I was in, um, like Colorado and I definitely got sore when I was in like Maine and New Hampshire, but like consistent pain where I've, I've really had to take care of myself better on the Florida trail. Okay. Any, any alligator encounters? Mm, Not really. I mean, I thought I saw one in the swamp the last time, but I mean, it probably wasn't. (laughs) And, I mean, there's always a ton of them along the Kissimmee River if when you're going through there. So, like, got to make sure you get your water before before dusk and don't need it at dawn because, you know, they're just most active then. I mean, going through Kissimmee Prairie also, <laughs> there was like a gator hole, but I didn't see him. So that was all right, too. All right. I just had to wade through it. Yeah, I've talked to people who have waded through that. That freaks me out knowing, you know, you're, you know, how deep is the water? You're waist deep water in some point, some parts. I mean, sometimes it, it, honestly in the swamp parts, like in big Cypress and ocean to lake and even in um, St. Mark's wilderness, nobody talks about St. Mark's, but um, those places are the places where you're walking through like the deeper water, you know, where it is up to like your mid thigh, maybe your waist or whatever, but I've never seen an alligator even in those places. So I think uh-uh. like big Cypress may be out too far. Like that dries up out there, you know, that's a good theory, but uh, <laughs> your, your score just went down to 27. Actually, <laughs> I know I'm like, there are more things I could tell you, but I won't. <laughs> I think it would go. <laughs> plummeting a bit (laughs) now let's talk about the the triple crown the the final piece to your triple crown the pct northbound you did it in 2022 so last year Mm -hmm. and uh what was the snow level like in the sierras last year uh for me it wasn't it wasn't a problem it wasn't a big it wasn't a big deal at all i mean i got to do the uh glissading stuff a bit but it wasn't i did i got there after most of it had belted Okay. So it was all good. The scary picture that everybody always shows at like Forester Pass. Totally cool for me. <laughs> nice. Now we talked about how you felt finishing the AT, your first long hike. How was it finishing up the PCT, you know, notching off the, the triple crown? Any any different feelings? Um, um, it was actually very similar. I mean, I still felt like I didn't have like that. I thought that I would get to the the monument, you know, and I would have this like cathartic release of some sort, you know, but I didn't really, you know, I got there, I took the pictures, I looked around, you know, my buddy Retune showed up, we chatted for a little while, it was like just getting dark. And then uh, we started to turn around to hike back, you know, because you have, you have to go back to Hearts Pass. 
but uh, I think we did maybe a mile or two out. And then I just stopped and I was like, Hey bud, I'm going to go back to the monument and camp tonight because I, I just don't feel like that was the way I want this to finish. So I did. And he was like, Oh, you mind if I come with you? Yeah. So he came back with me and we camped for the night and the next morning um, got to like welcome all the other hikers coming in to finish like a bunch of my friends that I'd made, you know, you know, you make all the friends along the way. And uh, yeah, one of my friends did, she came in wheels. I will say that I do think this is a poignant moment. She came in and to the clearing, you know, and she sees the monument and she just starts kind of crying. And then she looks over at me and she's like, you're still here. And she runs over and gives me this huge hug and she's crying. And then I cried a little bit and I was like, okay, that's what I wanted. That's what I needed. Maybe I guess I just needed that little sense of like a, that my hiker trash community love moment. And I stayed for a little bit, a little bit longer, hung out, joked around with the other hikers and then took off. Yeah, that was a good way to end it. But I did have trouble (laughs) again, letting it go at first. You know, Bob, but a lot of the people I talk to endurance athletes, you know, long distance through hikers, uh, a a lot of them are, are looking for their limit. They're looking at yeah. how far can they go? How much more can they do? How fa- how fast can they do it? And, you know, I asked them, have you found your limit yet? And a lot of them say, no, not yet. And, and they're, they're still looking. Um, how about you? Have you found your limit? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It just keep, I just keep expanding my boundaries. I feel like, and it's awesome. Like it really is a cool feeling. Like I never would have considered myself an athlete, you know? And I think I am. And it's, it's incredible. (laughs) I don't know. It's just not how I view myself. You know, I want to go out and have these experiences. And I want to, I just want to like see the landscape. And I want to talk to the people. And sometimes I do want to do it like super efficiently and really fast or whatever. I like having like setting all these smaller goals for myself and having the experiences in different ways. Now, speaking of athletic accomplishments, I think we need to talk about what happened this year, 2023, on the Florida <laughs> Yeah. What, what did you do? Yeah, I set a fastest known time for the women self-supported on the Florida Trail. Congratulations. Yeah. That is fantastic. Thank you. It was really, that was an experience. That was definitely pushing my boundaries in another way. And so how was this hike different than your other hikes? I mean, what what did you do differently? How did you prepare um, and what was, what were you hoping your, your end time was going to be? Um, okay. Well, this one was different. I really just wanted to, I, I feel like I found out that I'm good at the through hiking. I am good at suffering. Well, I am good at finding the balance, like recognizing the good, the bad, not nothing's going to last forever. I've just got to enjoy this moment while I'm in it. Like, I know that I'm good at that aspect of the through hiking. So I wanted to try it a little bit differently. I know that I do struggle sometimes with like, um, like, like I want companionship in some ways, but I also want to pursue the hike my way. So this hike, I was like, I'm going to, I am just going to focus on being the most efficient I can be. Can I do this with no zeros? Can I do this pretty much completely by myself? Like I just wanted to see what I could do. And so I did. And so Um, did you you start off 
knowing that you were you were trying to do the FKT or did you find out after the fact? Is that a, is that a silly question? You know, it's sort okay. So <laughs> I didn't even like plan to do it in 2023. I saw Shayna Cott. So she was she's the one who she set the women's self-supported FKT for the Florida Trail. I saw her. I actually met her when I was starting the CDT and she was starting the PNT in 2021. So she was, we, we took the same ride to the trailhead. They started the same place. So I met her there. I saw her when she was setting the Florida trail FKT chatted with her for a little while. And like, I feel like we have some sort of weird connection or whatever. So when I, I went out to do, to do just like a little week long hike on the Florida trail in January And while I was out there, there were just like a series of events that happened. Like everybody at home got COVID. And I was like, well, if I come home, I can't, it's not like I can go to work. I can't go work with the kids after I expose myself to the COVID, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll stay out a little bit longer. (laughs) So while I was out a little bit longer, I decided to see how it would feel to do like consistent thirties. Could I do consistent like 33, 34? Because if I was going to go for the FKT, that's what I would have to do like somewhere around there to get like at least like the 38 days that she had set. So I just did like the practice hike basically. And after I did it and I felt really strong, I just, I just called my people and I was like, listen, I'm going to try to set this like women's fastest known time. So I need everybody to be flexible with me. And they were. And I went after it a couple of weeks later. I came back up to Jacksonville. I think I worked for a week or two. And then I headed over to Pensacola, left my van and got on trail. And what was your time? How many days? Uh, I finished in 31 days, four hours, like 38 minutes, I think. And the previous was 38 days? Yeah. And I did. It's kind of cool because I did. I had like when people would ask me about it, like I wasn't really like talking about it a lot. You know, I just wanted to see like whatever. I didn't know. I wasn't talking a lot about it, but I kind of was like, oh, you know, like 36 days would be fine with me. Like, that's what I would like to do, like 36 days at least. But I had sat down before trail and written out what I also thought I could do. And like, that's what I had written out. 31 days was my minimum 30, 35 days was my maximum of what was acceptable to me. And I did it, which is even cooler. <laughs> you crushed it. You demolished the, the previous. Yeah. That is so impressive. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that was definitely, a, it was the hardest thing I've done so far. It was hard to tell myself no to so many things like taking extra time here or there or, sleeping in a little bit longer, you know, it was like a lot of denial of things that I wanted or needed in the minute, but just to like pursue this longer goal, you know, 1100 miles is a long way to go. Yeah. So was that, is that your limit? Did you find it? I mean, there are some things, yeah. Somebody asked me like, Oh, do you think you could have gone faster? Like maybe, (laughs) I don't know. I might've been able to go faster. There are definitely some days where like, you know, I took shorter days, but I took those shorter days because like my leg was killing me. You know, I thought I was afraid I was tearing something in there. So like maybe I could have gone farther, but maybe I would have actually torn something. And then I wouldn't have been able to do like that really big, those like really big days that did help, you know? So 
I don't know. I still would like to do more stuff. There's that. Okay. My my mom said, baby, are you done walking yet? And I was like, I don't think so. She said, I don't think so either. So what is the next big adventure? What's what's the the next quest for Bop It? Um well, I'm doing like a mini adventure. Well, not even like a hike, really. I'm going I'm going to Hawaii. I'm really expanding my things. I'm going to Hawaii to like house sit for some people. I'm going to hike around out there, see what's what. Um, but then my next like actually planned hike is uh, the Camino Portuguese in the fall. So I'm going to do that one with a friend of mine that I met through hiking and I'm just like really stoked to share this like first adventure, you know, with her, this big thing. It's going to be a different awesome. kind of hiking. Yeah. It's very different. Very. Different. Yeah. But I love an informational sign. So please give me something with some history and culture. I'm in. Okay. Hey, Bob, you know where we are right now? Where are we? Hiking hacks. That's right, Half Calf. It is time for Hiking Hacks, where Bopit gets to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. I know you've been saving one up. You've got one in reserve. What do you have for us? Okay, this is so simple, but I feel like it could just make your day so much better. Say you're hiking along. You have this like delicious chocolatey snack in your pack, but oh no, it's melted. What are you going to do? You can't eat all of that. You know, it's melted to the wrapper. You're going to miss all the good stuff. Find a water source and just put the whole candy bar or whatever your chocolatey treat is in the water and it will like reform and then you can eat it and enjoy your chocolate deliciousness. And I really feel like that's an important thing to know. That's brilliant. Mm -hmm. That is, that is fantastic. A great, a great hiker's hack there. So thank you so much. All right. (laughs) So there you have it. We're just about done here. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Miranda. I want to thank her for joining us this week. Boppet, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Oh yeah. Um, Instagram. I'm just Boppet underscore adventures. Um, YouTube Boppet adventures too. If you want to see some like videos and stuff. And uh, I do have Facebook. I think that one is Boppet bear. So, yeah, and I'm on a, all the little Facebook uh, group pages and whatnot, like keeping up with my community. And what about your MySpace page? Oh, man, I wonder if that thing's still active. <laughs> There's got to be some holdouts, right? There's got to be some. There probably is community. something. Yeah. I mean, I did like how you could pair the music on there. That was a cool feature. Yeah. The- I have no experience with MySpace. I'm not even sure what you're talking about, but uh, you, you just kind of dated yourself. <laughs> you are you are from that unique unique through hiking demographic, though. Hey, man. I mean, seriously, one of the cool things when I finished the AT, I thought like, okay, I turned 38 on the AT, and I was like, maybe I could turn 39 on the PCT and turn 40 on the CDT. You know, like that would have been awesome. It's not exactly how it worked out. 41, yeah. I don't know. 40 on the wait. How did I work that out? Did I do it? Mm. 41. It's okay though. I can handle it still. It all worked out. That's right. All right. Hey, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Any TikTok? Pop it. Uh, I did start a TikTok for a little while, but it was mostly for like my substitute teaching stuff, I think, or like when I find random manatees and dolphins out there. 
maybe there's I'll restart a, it. We'll see. There, there is another subculture for you. Substitute teacher TikTok. That's uh, that's quite Uh-oh. the the group. Lively. Bunch. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> the things we're doing every day. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and if you have comments or clips you want to share with me, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmere at gmail dot com. Off the beaten path. Now, unfortunately, we can't always be on the trail. And when we're not, we need to find a way to get our adventure fixed. Bop it. I'm going to ask you to share some outdoor adventure media with our listeners to help them get by. This can be a book, a movie, documentary. We call this segment Off the Beaten Path. What do you have for us? Um, I don't know. If it's not really like adventure related, but like a book that I really like is Vagabonding by Rolf Potts. And it's sort of like uh, gives a lot of interesting ideas and just like perspective for the way that like I try to keep this adventure life going, like pursuing interesting types of jobs um, or just like looking at them as just a means to to get to the end. You know, that's a really good book. Uh, My friend Sunshine, she's a good YouTuber, like fun hiker. She's doing all, all the things. Okay. Yeah. Vagabonding and the Sunshine YouTube channel. (laughs) yep (laughs) two great ones fantastic what have we not asked you all right before we wrap things up one more segment for you called what have i not asked you that you're dying to tell us about what do we miss tonight oh my gosh i feel like we've covered so many things what have you not asked me um you asked me how my mom feels about it i think we've covered that uh i don't know what do i eat I don't, I don't know what else there is. You don't have any other burning questions for me, man. I've asked a lot of questions. We've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. I don't know. We've covered about 15,000 miles. Yeah. It's been, it's been a decent amount. Oh, Mm -hmm. I will tell you, I was once a construction worker as well. I feel like I should add that to my bag of skills. Absolutely. What was your specialty? Uh, They mostly had me doing a lot of sledgehammering and uh, there was this like, concrete drill thing a bulldog i was real good at that yeah really just trying to expand myself in all the ways learn some interesting little trades who knows maybe i'll be a homesteader or something one day the next chapter in Boppet's life <laughs> in fact if you hadn't shared that Boppet comment early on in your trail i mean you could have been sledge or or <clears throat> bulldog don't even talk to me about that because i mean i like my name but Maybe just a little more rugged. I don't think Boppy's going to do it for me either, though, buddy. <laughs> Sledge. I mean, that, that has some authority. That's, that's something to be feared. That's true. Sledge would be pretty good. I am good with the sledgehammer. Core strength. I would try to pretend that it was just like arm day, core day. I was like, oh, I'm not really sledgehammering. Working right. out. Finding the silver lining. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. All right. We are finished. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Boppet. Want to wish you the very best in your future adventures. Hope you'll consider coming back at some point and sharing some more epic stories. Uh, as we close up today, any shout outs to friends and family? Yeah, for sure. Always my mom, my brother, my family, Nancy and Steve. Thank you guys for coaching me through the FKT. Yeah. All my hiker trash friends. Thank you for being there for me. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've been making up rhymes for your new children's book. (laughs) Oh, the places you'll poo. 
the trail <laughs> is the trail. Embrace the suck. Uh. <laughs> In Wild Country. Rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.